hello, hello. Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. And it may have been a while, but Spirit Speaks is back for a little gig. Uh, And Laura texted me earlier and asked if I could do a spirit-led, non-judgment, compassionate check-in with self for our listeners. And I just thought, you know what? Yes, let's do that. So in true Tracy slash Stacy slash spirit style, um, it's not going to come without a lesson behind it, or at least some sort of, uh, little nugget, uh, and moment of awareness. So the kind of check-in that I want everyone to do is to have a think about, maybe it's just, you know, the last few days or even just today, uh, what your self-talk has been like, you know, have you been kind of giving it to yourself in terms of, oh my God, you're such an idiot or you shouldn't have done that. And this is all my fault. You know, like, how are you speaking to yourself now? When we when we look at things in a compassionate way, we are trying to have it so that we are kind to ourselves. And, and you know, this is not new. You've heard it a billion times before. Well, at least I know I have. You know, speak kindly to yourself. Be nice to yourself. And it's much more easier said than done. And the reason why it's easier said than done is because you're just fixing or soothing or band-aiding the symptom when you're being kind to yourself. You're not actually going to the root of what's causing the problem that makes you want to be not nice to yourself in the first place. So what I thought I would do is have everyone think about the way that they've talked to themselves today or the last few days, this week, whatever. Or even if, you know, you can already just go to that you know that you're constantly the mean girl to yourself, then cool. What I want you to do is write down all of the things that that you would, you know, quite commonly say to yourself, you know, the typical things like you're such an idiot or whatever. Now, what I want you to understand is that in psychology, in practical psychology, what we know is that the meaning that you give something, so in this case, the meaning that you give your suffering or the meaning that you give your behavior will determine the emotion that you experience. So Uh, meaning equals emotion. And that's pretty standard. It's a very common thing to know when you're up on the psychology side of things and it's nothing new. And when, what we do know is that if you can think back to what you know about what you've learned in the podcast is that what you're thinking and what you're feeling, if they're doing the same thing, then we're perpetuating our reality and manifesting our experience. So if you're experiencing suffering and then you're getting you're, you're feeling the emotions about the suffering, plus then you're adding to it because then, you know, your mean girl self comes in and is mean to you again, then you're giving a very strong vortex out to the universe for them to create more opportunity for you to repeat the same behavior or uh, do something that is going to cause your mean girl to come out and have a go. So I want everyone to think about this spirit has given us a little bit of a a blurb. And this was one that I um, scribed a couple of years ago now, but spirit just reminded me of it. So I've gone to my book and I'm just going to read out what they wrote. And this is it. Perhaps the meaning we give suffering has the potential to change everything. If the meaning you give it determines the emotion you experience, which creates the reality, then why not consider the meaning that your source or your higher self offers instead of the meaning the ego or your mind has offered. 
So out of that, what we get is an understanding that your ego, our ego has been telling us the meaning essentially behind our suffering. And if we just take a minute to sit down and actually look at repeat behavior, look at repeat patterns, repeat mean girl behavior and language, if we look at what's actually happening and we give it a new meaning and we consciously and deliberately create a new meaning that is much more intuitively led or that comes from the heart, our authentic self, then we're actually going to start solving the problem and the root cause of that mean girl behavior in the first place. I hope this makes sense to everyone and it is a bit of a, a bit of a doozy. So I would recommend going back and listening a couple of times over. Uh, and I'm going to repeat what Spirit wrote one more time. Perhaps the meaning we give suffering has the potential to change everything. If the meaning you give the suffering determines the emotion you experience, which creates your reality, then why not consider the meaning that source your higher self offers instead of the meaning the ego or the mind offers? So look at your suffering and do a check-in with how you've been talking to yourself and in a very compassionate, non-judgment, loving way, decide a new meaning. This brings us to the next episode of Turns Out She's Psychic, and it is a Halloween special. Welcome back, dear listeners. This is Turns Out She's Psychic. Hello. <laughs> Yay. It's Halloween month. It is. I'm so excited. Yes. So love we love it. thought we would have a chat about where Halloween comes from since lots of us Aussies um, either grew up not celebrating it because it was an American thing or not realising the origins of it and thinking it was devil worship or... <laughs> All kinds of reasons why perhaps it might not have been much of a thing here for us down under. So um, Tracy's going to give us a little bit of a history lesson. We're going to have a chat about different elements of it. Are you ready, Tracy? I am. Over to you. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be something a little bit different because um, I wanted to get the facts straight so that we could educate the listeners to exactly uh exactly the history, I guess, rather than just my understanding yeah. and what I've known. Sure. Uh, and because we're in the Southern Hemisphere, it can get a little bit confusing. So yes. the first thing that I want to say is that um, I'm going to read uh, directly from the History Channel's take on Halloween and the history of Halloween. Origins. The yeah. origins. Um but then try and we'll discuss and try and help people understand how that is interpreted into the Southern Hemisphere because there is, um, there is a, uh, there is kind of a, a double celebration for us in the Southern Hemisphere, and I'll explain that later. Sure. Okay, so this comes from the History Channel, so you can find out more and you can look into it more and they've got a cool little video and things like that that you can look at for our listeners, so just Google the History Channel. Cool. So Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of 
Samhain, but it's spelt like the word Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain. Samhain. Samhain, (laughs) pronounced Samhain. Gotcha. So the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom and northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, when it is believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. In addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, Celts thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids, or Celtic priests, to make predictions about the future. For people entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long, dark winter. To commemorate the event, Druids built huge sacred bonfires where the people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. During the celebration, the Celts wore costumes, typically consisting of animal heads and skins, and attempted to tell each other fortunes. Wow, that's not creepy at all. No, but that's the pictures that you get that sort of lend to the idea of devil worshipping. Uh-huh. And yeah, the animal I can sacrifice. See that. When the celebration was over, they relit their earth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening, from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief systems there. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. So by 43 AD... That's ages ago. It is. Because <laughs> we're talking like 2,000 years ago, the original Celtics. Like this was yeah, original, sure. yeah. um, you know, when it was just land and people and yep. no social media. Sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, fuck yes, yeah, take me back. The Roman Empire had conquered the majority of Celtic territory at this time and in the course of the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first was Feralia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honour Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees, Hmm. hence where the symbol of the apple comes from when it comes to Halloween. You know how they, you know, you see old pictures of witches Mm -hmm. bobbing for apples and um, the fruit and the offerings for the dead. So on May 13th, 609 AD, Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Pantheon in Rome in honour of all Christian martyrs and the Catholic feast of All Martyrs Day was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st. So they made a moved a whole big party to one day. Correct. And that's a big move. Blended lots of things together. Yeah, but from May 13th to November 1st. Yeah. That's like huge considering they're starting to already muck around with ancient traditions. Dates yeah, the, for convenience sake. Yeah, so yep. they've already lost. Yep, the symbolism there has, well, they've blended two days yeah. and then changed the date. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and completely kind of lost the point or the the 
the respect of the tradition. Yeah, wow. By the 9th century, the influence of Christianity had spread into Celtic lands where it gradually blended with and supplanted older Celtic rites. In 1000 AD, the church made November 2nd or Souls Day, a day to honour the dead. It's widely believed, widely believed, wildly, wild and it's wide. widely and wildly believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. Doesn't sound plausible. In comes church. <laughs> All Souls Day was celebrated similarly to Samhain with big bonfires, parades and dressing up in costumes as saints, angels and devils. The All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallowmas from Middle English All Hallowmas, meaning All Hell Saints Day. And the night before it, the traditional night of Samhain in the Celtic religion began to be called All Hallows Eve and eventually Halloween. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what do you think of all that uh, so far? It's a little bit messy. But it makes sense to see where it... How it morphed. How it originated, how it got messed with, and then how it's in a way almost reinterpreted or sort of blended. Hmm. Yeah. So it comes really down to um, essentially, you know, for our listeners, it, it comes down to what their beliefs are because if you believe uh, in Celtic belief systems, then you'll go back to the origins and you'll yeah. celebrate as per um, the wheel, which do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, um, I recently bought a diary that had the wheel of the year in it. Mm-hmm. And is it is it Celtic? Is yeah. that where it comes yeah. from? Let me just get my notes. Thank you, Tracy, very much for putting me on the spot like that. But, yeah, it was um, essentially, how many are there, four, five, six, seven, eight spots um, in a calendar year that uh, that mark certain events, whether it be the change of season or a solstice or an equinox. And um, it goes on the lunar phases and depending on what part of the hemisphere you're in. So if you're looking at Halloween and want to celebrate it from that side of things, us in the southern hemisphere would be six months before um, the 31st of October. So that would be, you know, the start of May because we're opposite seasons. So that just gives another understanding on that side of things, which I found fascinating. And then it wasn't until I read that, if they're going on seasons, because it's the, is it the end of the harvest season? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, the end of our harvest season would be, would, yeah, would be opposite the Northern Hemispheres. Correct. So, yeah. So that's when, if you're going off the seasonality and that symbolic representation of, um, it's the last of the crops and you're getting ready for the big winter and you want to store it and share it maybe with those that wouldn't have as many, then that's um, that's the take on it that I probably resonate with yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. So it, you know, really kind of comes down to recognising the farmer's almanac as well. So, like, we're thinking like... What do you call the farmer's what? Almanac. Oh, okay. Great. So it's the farmer's calendar. So they work Love on the moon. It. Yeah. 
yeah. um, and the seasons. So it really kind of really just goes back to Mother Earth and that's where the mm. Celtic origins come from. And it's it's much more what I sort of um, in, in myself personally will connect to like you. It just feels like that's the way it should be. Because it is. It feels right. Yeah, because take away um, take away the church, take away influences, and if you just leave it and strip it back, it it comes from the land tells us, yep. Mother Earth, nature yep. tells us. The moon us, cycles, the seasons. Correct. We don't mess with that. That just is how it is. Yeah. And we're living here. Uh-huh. So live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so you've got that side of it that you can look at and yeah. you can really honour that and move with that and it's a beautiful way to live. Like these days we would call that paganism right? or yep. loosely associated with pagan. I'm sure there's words for everything. Correct. So don't <laughs> quote me. But, you know, I don't live strictly with anything no. essentially. So I loosely follow everything but I respect it and yeah. I, I recognise it and I honour it. Like I know when it's marble on and I know all of these different things. But I'm not, um, yep. you know, religiously to, I don't, for lack of a better word, yeah. tied to the history of it. However, then you've got the much more church, you know, the, the morphed version of it where it becomes Halloween. Yes. And, you know, we can understand from the Celtic history part of it, the origins of the offerings to to spirit offerings to mother earth and the significance of lighting fires because earth, air, fire, and water are the symbolism. So that they would have had back then the rituals and the, the celebrations where they would have um, honored all the spirit, all the energy and mother earth with earth, air, fire, and water. And so there would have been some kind of ritual or celebration that included each of those four. And as you know, as people traveled, as there was influences, they just brought more and more and more. And that's where we're at kind of now at a point where Halloween has just become more, 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 more. So you can go to the much more, I guess we, we, we're, we're going to call it the American Halloween. However, there is an in-between Halloween, which is the, the Roman Catholic Halloween, yeah, yeah. which is that All Saints Day because yeah. Halloween in America really has fuck all to do with All Saints Day. No. It just sort of made it a bit more widely um, known. Yeah. In essence. And we're about to find out how that happened. Okay. Thanks to the History Channel again. Oh, thank you. And Tracy, brought to you by Tracy. (laughs) The celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England, which is America America. at that point. Yep. Because of the rigid Protestant belief systems there. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies. As the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties. Play parties. Which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbours would share stories of the dead and tell each other's fortunes, dance and sing. So while I wouldn't call it a play party because I have a client that play party means something very different to that <laughs> client. And if she's listening, which I know she does, she's going to have a bit of a giggle right now. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, Maybe that could be a theme. <laughs> oh, we could probably do an episode on that. 
So even though, you know, it was already starting to shift into something um, much more um, sort of, I guess, um, American, I don't, like I don't, I don't really well, know. it's just another interpretation, Cons- isn't it? It is, but they've kind of taken it from something that was quite sacred and and special and turned it into a party. Yeah, it's like so an excuse. It's yeah, it's yeah. like an excuse to have a party. Yeah. Uh, so, colonial Halloween festivities also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief making of all kinds, which I guess is that whole like knocking and the running or treat. And, yeah. Side. Well, that comes in a little bit later. Oh, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was not yet celebrated anywhere else in the country. In the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants, and these new immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, helped to popularise the celebration of Halloween nationally. So we start to see the, the moving and the influences coming from different countries, and it's sort of like the, the Roman Catholics influenced the Celtics, and now the Celtics have fled that and they're moving over to America and now they're influencing the Americans. Yeah. And... Even though they're, um, you know, in the early to mid-19th century, they're still sort of recognising that it's loosely associated with the harvests. Um, This is where the pumpkin thing starts to come in, by the way, because at the end of the harvest they've got all these excess pumpkins. They didn't know what to do with them. So that's how their offering became pumpkins. So even though we've got the tie with harvest, um, it's sort of now that um, we start to see in the late 19th century, we start to see the whole tie in with um, the land and the the point of the whole festival really start to... Because of the influx of the Irish immigrants. Yeah. So borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes, but they would go to house to house asking for food or money. Oh. Yeah. So it was the offering that you would get. Like, so the house owner would open the door and see an angel, a devil, a saint, or an animal, and you would have to give an offering to that so that it wouldn't come into your home. Oh, wow. So food, which was the traditional offering, uh, or money. Um, I don't know why money, but yeah. Why would cheeky they come into buggers. your home if you didn't give them anything? Because that was the whole sort of the premise of the this this the, the fear factor, the scare factor of the veil being thin. That it's right. when the ghosts and, and the are the closest to the earth. Jesus, it seems a bit scary. Well, that's why they burnt the fires back originally. Yep. The yep. fires were to ward off the yes. the spirits yep. that weren't welcome for the cold, dark winter. I'd be tempted to light a fire at my front door. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is also where lanterns came in. So yeah. it came to the point where when lanterns became a thing, um, it was put a lantern at your front door and put a lantern along the pathways. As in the jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, but yes. also just lanterns. I'm sure they would have had lanterns before that. They had to have seen it at night time, wouldn't they have made lanterns? No, I'm, like when lanterns became a thing. Like... Oh, at that part in history. Yeah, like so yeah. as in when, when it became – because you know how like when you look at old pictures you'll see like – or even now you see yeah. not just jack-o'-lanterns but 
lanterns yeah. before pumpkins yeah. lanterns were the thing and yeah, then it became exactly. pumpkin lanterns yeah. Yeah. yeah and so what they usually would do is line them up along the pathways uh-huh. so that the spirits could see where they were going Ooh. and that they didn't upset the spirits right. um, but also so that it would keep it light and not dark so that people wouldn't be freaked yeah. like there's lots of symbolism in light and yeah. fire mm. so there's a few different meanings that are going on there so uh Eventually, uh, it became what we know as trick-or-treat, clearly. Yeah. Young women believed that on Halloween they could divine, so magic, the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apple pairings and mirrors. Wow. So this is where a lot of games came into Halloween and a lot of like um, like over in America when they celebrate Halloween, they have like full festivals where yeah. it's like bobbing for apples and they'll do um, lots of yarning um, and lots of, you know, old school divination type practices. Yeah. Um, so in the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mould Halloween into a holiday more about community and neighbourly get-togethers than about ghosts, pranks and witchcraft. At the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day and parties focused on games, foods of the season and festive costumes. So again, they've just taken the fun out of it and and made it all about the fun yes. and something to get together, which is what we kind of know as of it today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the tradition and the sacred uh, rituals and practices and beliefs behind it sort of start to disappear at that point. So parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Oh, yes, please. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. By 1920 and 1930s, Halloween had become a secular but community-centred holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during this time. And by the 1950s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, parties moved from town civic centres into the classroom or home where they could be more easily accommodated. Between 1920 and 1950, the centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was also revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighbourhood children with small treats. So the offerings that you would give the devil or the spirits or the ghosts now becomes children of the devil and we're going to give them lollies to tell them not to come in and fuck up my house. Oh, wow. Thus, a new American tradition was born and it has continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated $6 annually on Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Wow. That is huge. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. It's consumerism. Thanksgiving over there and everything. Yeah. And so confectionery companies also, when they started to realise that people were giving kids boiled lollies, um, confectionery companies jumped on that. And so Halloween just took its own... It's own mind, basically. It's a business. It's an enterprise. Yeah. So while some people say there's that argument 
Halloween's an American thing. We don't practice that here. My kids aren't going to go trick-or-treating. It's an American holiday. Halloween and all the funness of it, yes, all American. Yeah. But the undertones of it and the symbolism of it is very sacred, Mm -hmm. very sacred. Mm -hmm. And if that's what your intention is when you celebrate Halloween, go for it. You know, if your intention is um, to to honour those things and, you know, like when we do at home, when we set up for Halloween, we don't go all out. We, in my mind, I want to, but yeah. we just never do in the end. But we do put in a, a, a fairly substantial effort. And where we live, we're very fortunate that not only do we have a lot of Americans where we live, but nearly everyone in our little pocket of our neighbourhood celebrates Halloween and they go to town. Like there's haunted yeah. garages <laughs> and driveways and, and gardens and everyone has trick-or-treats out. It's usually quite hot here on October yeah. 31st, so people have ice blocks and the kids just go nuts. Like Alaska has been a witch every day, every <laughs> Halloween of her life. And this is the first year and she turned around and said, mom, I want to be a devil. And I'm like, of course you do my sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a witch or a devil. Um, so um, if you, you know, want to this Halloween, if you celebrate Halloween, but you want to start to maybe respect or look at the undertones of it and start to think more about now that you've heard some of the Celtic origins and the history, all you really need to do is set up like a separate little space where you can give an offering. So you can have like a little altar. And if the word altar scares you, then fine, just call table. it a, a table. <laughs> it's a, a table. table. <laughs> Table, it's just my console table. It is not an altar at all. Uh, you can just put some apples. Um, for you know, essentially, it comes down to whatever you've got left over. So, whatever you've got more of that is going to go to waste, just offer it up. And, and it, you're you're then sort of recognizing and honoring that tradition of whatever you've got an abundance of offer it out to the poor people, offer it out to, you know, we're not offering out to poor people in our area, but offering it out to the people that don't have as much like you mentioned and offering it to the spirits, offering it to Mother Earth. Um, You could also, uh, you know, create some um, little crafty projects if you're interested in it. You can do uh, candles, orange candles, because they just represent the colours of the harvest. Um, But that's also um, recognising the Northern Hemisphere's season. So it's entirely up to you. But then uh, for us in the Southern Hemisphere, you can do it again, not celebrate Halloween, but you can give that offering again when it's the end of our harvest season, which is the beginning of May. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah. So this Halloween, if you're interested and you already get dressed up, maybe you could dress up as something like, a, um, you know, an animal. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, an animal to sort of go back into the roots of um, the traditions of Halloween. Um, or you could dress up as a spirit, a ghost, mm-hmm. uh, and or a witch. Mm-hmm. You could do whatever you wanted. Yep. Um, but when we start to look at uh, the devil and we start to look at the saints, we're definitely moving into the influences the that move influences. away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So incorporate all of it like I do because why not? 
Yeah, and the the Halloween American style um, community take is pretty cool. I like that. I like it too. Yeah. Because why not? Anything that draws community together for a positive celebration is better than one of hate and one of negativity. For sure. Take that opportunity Hmm. if you can. It's a bit different like this year with COVID and all of that. It'll be interesting to see the, the regulations and stuff. And the precautions we have to take, which we all definitely need to listen to. We're so close to um, settling down with it all. Here, yeah. Yeah, here in Australia. So that's another thing to think about. <laughs> True. But you know what? That also kind of um, is another reason to bring it back to the roots. Yeah. Have a fire at home. Have yeah. a fi- if you've got a fire pit. Have a fire pit outside. It's a good opportunity to get the old costumes out or get the kids to make some animal like masks and costumes. Um, You know, start just, you know, keeping um, like any leftovers like fruit and vegetables that you've got. Maybe go and get a pumpkin and do some pumpkin carving. You know, bring it home and and go back to the roots of it and the origins. Get some orange candles and make a little altar or a side table with the kids (laughs) and you know, go back to that that origin yep. and share those stories. Uh, and, you know, the community stuff will be back like it never left. It will because there's too much money in it. So that's, who are we kidding to think that, like, potentially next year it's not going to be back on? Like Yeah, bigger than ever. Yeah, <laughs> like Donkey Kong. But this year, you know, why not? Yeah. Why not? I think that's what we're going to do. I'm like I know like I'm not too where where we live we're pretty lucky that we have no COVID and the restrictions are still 1.5 and social distancing but we're yep. pretty relaxed. Yeah. But I'm still not that keen on my kids going trick or treating. Yeah. We might uh, skip it one year. Yeah. So there's going to have to be some kind of um, you know something in return for my children not doing Halloween because we've done it every <laughs> year of their lives. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back to the basics personally. Yep. Yeah. Why not? Why not? This year. Yeah. And then we'll reinterpret it again next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? So we can do. That's it. Tell us what you're going to do, what you're going to dress up as. I don't know what I'm going to dress up as. I might let my daughters do my makeup. <laughs> oh, that's fun. They love that. Yeah. So much fun. Uh, I don't mind the process and then um, sometimes I'll forget and go out. (laughs) (laughs) So that is quite scary. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's cute. Yeah. How many times have you done that? Oh, more times than I can. Really? Well, the worst one, I didn't even go out. Um, Our eldest had a birthday party. She'd just started school. She was in kindy when our second was born. And we decided to have a birthday party. So it was one day for her because it was so much time spent with the baby. And we were all getting ready in the morning and, you know, I'm doing, you know, the food and we had lots of help. And she says, oh, can I do your makeup? And I thought, yeah, why not? Let me sit down for two minutes. And in the back of my mind, I'll just fix that up before everyone comes. (laughs) Busy mummy. (laughs) Forgot to fix it up. Meeting all her parents for the like uh, from school, yeah, for the first time, and it wasn't until the party was over, and I thought, gee, my eyes are itchy, and I went to the bathroom, and she put 
drag queen style glitter all over oh, no. my eyelids and un- right up until under my eyebrows. No one told me. No, <laughs> my husband was there, the in-laws were there, some family were there. I think everyone's Mortified. just thinking, oh, she's, Lara's made an effort this year. <laughs> she's got a new baby, so she just wants to sparkle a bit. <laughs> or Lara's lost the plot. <laughs> but it was so itchy I'd had this allergic reaction so then to the I, glitter yeah I washed all that off and then it was just red <laughs> and I thought oh thank you so much <laughs> real pretty so I might do that again I might do I might dress up as myself from a few years ago <laughs> oh god I'm yeah. glad those days are over just quietly yeah thanks that was great <laughs> um there's a little bit more information if you're interested oh, please. on um, some trick-or-treating stuff, um, but I'm just going to read it. Because the History Channel, honestly, if, you know, you, you want to you read this yourself and you're better as a visual person, yeah. um, just Google history.com and Google Halloween history. Um, because this, this is exactly where I'm reading it from. Yeah, and okay. it's just it's just too awesome and factual to, to, to not do it. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, so the American Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating probably dates back to early All Souls Day parades in England. During these festivities, poor citizens would beg for food and families would give them pastries called soul cakes in return for their promise to pray for the family's dead relatives. Oh. The distribution of soul cakes was encouraged by the church as a way to replace the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. The practice, which was referred to as going all so- going a souling, was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in their neighbourhood and be given ale, food and money. Ale. Ale. (laughs) The tradition of dressing in costume for Halloween has both European and Celtic roots. Hundreds of years ago, winter was as uncertain and frightening time. Food supplies often ran low and for the many people afraid of the dark, the short days of winter were full of constant worry. On Halloween, when it was believed that ghosts came back to the earthly world, people thought that they would encounter ghosts if they left their homes. To avoid being recognised by these ghosts, people would wear masks when they left their homes after dark so that the ghosts would mistake them for fellow spirits. On Halloween, to keep ghosts away from their houses, people would place bowls of food outside their homes to appease the ghosts and prevent them from attempting to enter. Um, Which is just what I was pretty much saying before um, about leaving things out as as offerings. Um, so Halloween has always been a holiday filled with mystery, magic and superstition. It began as a Celtic end-of-summer festival during which people felt especially close to deceased relatives and friends. For these friendly spirits, they set places at the dinner table, left treats on doorsteps and along the side of the road and it lit candles to help loved ones find their way back to the spirit world. So there's a really good idea for what people could do. Um, today's Halloween's ghosts are often depicted as more fearsome and malevolent and our customs and superstitions are scarier too. We avoid crossing paths with black cats, afraid that they might bring us bad luck. This idea has its roots in the Middle Ages when people believed that witches avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. We try not to walk under ladders for the same reason. This superstition may have come from the ancient Egyptians who believed that triangles were sacred It also may have something to do with the fact that walking under a ladder tends to be fairly unsafe. (laughs) And around Halloween especially, we try to avoid breaking mirrors, stepping on cracks in the road or spilling salt. I tend to avoid doing that all year, not just around Halloween, quite personally. 
Mm. So remember before how they mentioned about that women often thought that Halloween was the time to um, find out who yes. their lover was going to Quite be. Who they, yeah. Uh-huh. So the Halloween traditions and beliefs that today's trick-or-treaters have forgotten all about um, include helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would someday, with luck, by next Halloween, be married. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I love the simplicity of life back then. Mm. In 18th century Ireland, a matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. Wow. (laughs) In Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. (laughs) The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding represented the girl's future husband. In some versions of this legend, the opposite was true. The nut that burned away symbolised a love that would not last. Well, that's incredibly confusing. If one is extremely successful and the other is not, it's how, almost like fifty-fifty you know? chance. That's and a shit ritual. Either way, you're marrying a nutter. There's <laughs> <laughs> no wins. Like, why do that? It's just like, okay, hang on a minute. Before I throw my nut into yeah. your fire, which. Which uh, practice do you observe? Is this it? <laughs> yeah. Is the ash one a winner or yeah. a loser? <laughs> to be clear. Another tale had it that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream about her future husband. Or oh, she's on a period and craving sugar big time. <laughs> <laughs> young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall onto the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. Yeah, the letter. Yeah, I re- I've heard that one. Really? Yeah. Tried to learn about their futures by peering at egg yolks floating in a bowl of water and stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms, holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husband's faces. Oh, my goodness. These were some really scary times. Mm. Like, because that's like magic stuff, like witchcraft stuff. Yeah, yeah. Other rituals were more competitive, at some Halloween parties, the first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. What's a burr? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it might be those, you is know, it like, like a, a burr, yeah. Like, like is it a, what we know as a burr? I don't know. I, I can't imagine, like, why would that be a special thing to find? You'd think burrs would be everywhere, so the first person would find one. Surely it would have to be more special than that. Don't know. We'll have to Google that shit later. Mm. (laughs) Of course, whether we're asking for romantic advice or trying to avoid seven years of bad luck, each one of these Halloween superstitions relies on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celts felt so keenly. There you go. So cool. Yes. Um, But so you can see, like, how there's so many muddled, lost, kept, yeah. you know, morphed, changed, adapted parts yeah. to it. As with anything over that amount of time. Oh, you look at Christmas. Well, look, yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's so cool to go back mm. 
and have a look at where it all started. Yeah. I have a question about um, the veil being at its thinnest because there's two times a year, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Is it the other yeah. opposite? Okay. So what what do you, what do people mean by that when I've read that before? So from my perspective. Yeah, from your perspective. Yeah. It's yep. essentially um, – so you know in that diagram that I – Drew, where we've got the soul, yes, higher self, I human experience. So much love for that. Yeah. So the space between the soul yep. and the human experience is shorter. Okay. Not like, well, shorter. Um, less space between. Less space between. Thinner. Yeah. So. Um, Why at that certain time? Energy. Yep. So you've got to remember that the Celts looked at, it's, it's astrology essentially yep. as well yes. inside yep. of all of that. So it all came down to the position of the moon, to the earth. Okay. It all just really came yep. down to the belief that um, energetically yep. before the light turns to dark, there is this thinness. So when we're in the thick of the light, we're furthest from the dark when we're at the the base of the light, sort of the, at the outsides of the light, we're the closest to the dark. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah? In a roundabout way. No, it's, it does. Yeah, you've just got to think about it. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you can visualise. Yeah. So if you've got like a yin and a yang symbol or even just a circle and mm -hmm. you cut it half down the middle, half of it's light, half of it's dark, yeah. white and black, yeah. um, when we're in the middle of summer... We're sitting smack bang in the quarter of the white, yep. so halfway through the light. And then as the wheel turns, we get closer to the dark, yep. and so the veil gets thinner to the dark. Right. Yeah? But the moon tells us that, like the position yep. of the moon, where it's at, yep. is kind of going to give us that time of year. Got you. And so when we're the closest to the dark, in, in their belief system, uh, it would mean that we are closest to the spirit side, gotcha. the dark being spirit, the light being human. Yeah, and so that's why the two times a year because correct a beginning and an end to the yes to the two sides of it. Yep, yep. Ooh, yeah. thank you. And so, from a personal perspective, yep. I, I don't read on mm -hmm. those two dates. I don't work. Um, there's a part of me, if I'm honest, a part of me originally did it because I was scared to work in the energy of those times yep. because of what I'd known from history. Mm -hmm. um, and I, like, I was back then, like 20 years ago, I was already scared, not scared, yeah. but I was already uncertain and, and I didn't want to muck around with what I didn't know. Yep. So I've just never done work on those two dates or, or even like the day before it and the day after it. Mm -hmm. I'm a bit fussy depending on how I'm feeling as I've gotten older and, much more um, controlled with it mm -hmm. and aware of it. Um, I probably could work, mm. but I just want to respect and honour that origin, you know. Like I'm originally from there, like in my DNA and all of that, my ancestors, that's where they come from. Like mm. I'm 52% mm -hmm. from there, mm. you know. Like it's, it's yes. just where yeah. I come from and a part of me just innately just wants to acknowledge that. Yeah, so that's it's an acknowledgement and honouring that it's not from fear anymore because yeah, you not fully anymore. understand it all. Yeah, you, it's nothing it's to be afraid choice, of. Yeah, because yeah. the spiritual realm's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah, but back then, yeah, 
when I first decided, it's kind of like, well, maybe the spiritual realm is something to be afraid of. And it was, you know, like I remember when I was in year six, um, we got a Ouija board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, we used to have the, uh, do you remember, it's still there, the World Wildlife Fund? Yeah. Yeah. WWF. Yes. Yeah. With the panda. And the bookmarks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we had at school, we had a World Wildlife Fund club. Yep. And I was a part of it. And it meant that each week we would go to one of the girls' houses after school and we would have a meeting. Wow. But really we would just fuck around with Ouija boards. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. And so this one time, I'll never forget it, this one time at band camp. Um, I haven't pulled one of those out for a while. No. Um, we had a Ouija board and we were in the room and, it, like, shit you not, the glass was, like, moving all over the place and we got so scared that I picked up the glass and the girl picked up the Ouija board, we ran out the front and we threw it down the drain, oh. like, out on the road. We just, like, threw it down the drain through the like so the glass was thrown down the drain and didn't break until it hit yeah. the ground i lifted up my hand and my hand was cut like pissing out with blood oh. and it's just like oh how did that happen cuz it didn't break until it went down the drain yeah and yet i had blood all over my hand it was really bizarre yeah so like, and that was the, I remember that was a Halloween. Like I remember we oh, were, wow. we went like it was a, we were all getting ready for trick-or-treating at her right. house as well. And so we were trying to freak ourselves out, but I was sufficiently freaked. Yeah. That's <laughs> sufficiently. Okay. And that was the last time I mucked around with a Ouija board. Yeah. Fair call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a bit of a collection of them though. Yeah. That I keep safe. Don't you hoard them so other people can't yeah. have access to them? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> They're in there. <laughs> Why did you tell me that? <laughs> Good luck moving all that shit off there to get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they're perfect locked in your trunk. <laughs> in my trunk. <laughs> Very much is. Yeah, under my altar. <laughs> yes, it most definitely is. I love it. So, yeah, so I hope that that helps people understand the history, the true history, the origins yeah. in your mind, where it comes from, what it actually is, and it's up to you how you observe it. Yeah. It's up to you whether you choose to honour the, the truth behind it, and it's entirely up to you. Yeah. But either way, that's where Halloween comes from, and that's why it is what it is today. Yep. And I don't see a reason not to be a part of it, however you want to. Yeah, do with you it what do you, you will. And I'll do me. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> That'll be a shirt one day. Well, it probably is. It probably somewhere. already it's is, not for sure. <laughs> it's not No, we, we just can't love claim it. that one. For a little bit of a ghost I story, am. or more of a um, inquiry, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, this person, who I'll call CJT, has sent in some information. Um, she could work in Australia. She could work somewhere else in the world. She works in a government building, <laughs> <laughs> and um, she says. She works with her friend Tess and they both love the podcast. Yay! And they sent you through some photos that we won't be sharing on the socials. Um, But Tracy's had a good look at them 
And while you're continuing to look at them, Tracy, I'll just read out some little things that they had questions on and little um, experiences that, um, that's been going on there. So there's a hallway and a door off to the left and um, there's some pretty um, yucky feelings that are felt around that area and there's um, noises of jingling and metal jingling in and around there. Um, yep, they say they get the heebie-jeebies in that end room and Tess feels something hanging around a corner in the kitchen up towards the roof in another photo. There's also a cupboard in the old kitchen that opens by itself all the time. Um, there's a hallway that was recently, I don't know how recently, but it has been renovated, um, that people feel creepy in. It was dingy and dark and narrow and damp. Um, there's some female change rooms that used to be part of a cell in the old days. What else have we got? There is, oh, water leaks in that hallway. Um, and can you see brickwork in a wall? Mm -hmm. That was part of an original old cell. It was built in 1921 and was also a courthouse up until the 90s. So you've been looking at some photos and some videos, is that right, while I've been reading this out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there's heaps of photos and they're good photos too and the videos. So the videos essentially just show um, flashing lights that are fluorescent lights um, that we, you know, are pretty common to, to flash it's not uncommon to yeah um however it's a good video because um they've got there's two fluorescent lights side by side and one of them's flashing and the other one isn't oh, which right. um is interesting if they're on the same electrical it's really difficult um with electrical to um unless you're there and you understand the circuiting and the wiring of a home, because my, like my, uh, first go-to is always to debunk it. Yes. Uh, and so I would need to really kind of know more about the electrical, um, in that room with the flashing light, because that room, even though she does mention that that room there has been a little bit of a funny feeling in that room. There's nothing in there that I can feel. Um, so it might be a spirit that doesn't, um, that doesn't just exist in that room or spirits that doesn't exist, that don't exist in that room, but they go into that room, uh, but they right. don't live there. Yeah. Um, because I don't connect anything to that room, but, um, then there's another video as well and a photograph of another little, it looks just like a little bit of a storage room where there's, um, it's a very well lit room, but there's also a light on and it's flashing. Um, that light is menacing. So that is a, that is definitely a, an energy, like a, an, an entity's energy That's causing that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there isn't, I, what I feel is that there is an overall energy that, 
um, is not one spirit, but it is a, a combination of lots of different energies and it's just ramped up. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, if it's the same, um, it, it could potentially be the same thing that's causing the other flashing light in that yeah. other room. But um, I feel that it's not just one spirit doing that. I feel that it's a combination of just very highly charged energy that's spiritual that's causing those things. Same with the water. I think that the water is just a way for, for spirits to absorb the energy and jingle metal. Yep. Um, I don't think that it's one spirit causing each of those. I think that they're just, it's all just really charged. Um, there's the, the room, the hallway that's got that room on the end with the chair in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's really fucked up. Like, (laughs) like I almost feel like I'm having my gut I feel like I'm being gutted. Wow. Like I feel like my my whole and intestines, stomach, everything is being scooped out, like with an ice cream scooper. Like that's what it, it feels like something. Like I don't know whether um, – Gross. Because obviously you and I know this government building. Yes. Um, it's a little bit cryptic for our listeners, so sorry <laughs> but not sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> adds to the element of um, Quite potentially there yeah. could have been a quite horrific – uh-huh. Uh, incident that occurred in this space where someone may have been gutted. Wow. Or at least very well... Inviscerated. Massacred in that area yeah. of their body. Wow. Um, but it's quite intense. Um, and I, so I feel that that would uh, lend to uh, a, a quite a shady energy because it could potentially be both spirit, the murderer and the person oh, who was okay. murdered. Yep. But it could also be... Um, was this a while back? Either or. Any um, time frame? It doesn't feel like... It feels like maybe in the 80s. Okay. Um, it's too late to be the 70s. Yeah, I'd say 80s. Mm-hmm. I'd say like definitely in the 80s now okay. that I'm seeing more. Ooh, sorry um, to ask you to see more. <laughs> pardon? Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, no, and I can taste... Um, Bill. Oh, it actually just tastes like dried blood. Oh, yuck. I think. So ready for you to say beer or rum or something. No, well, at first, I thought it was baked beans at first. Ew. But I don't think it is. Or it's like bacon. It's it's moving, obviously. Um, it's very odd what I'm experiencing. Um, No, you know what it is? It's like, um, it's gamey. It's going to sound strange, but over in Fiji, uh-huh. their bacon does not taste like bacon. Like it tastes like wild boar. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean? Gamey. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'm kind of tasting. Okay. It's like a real meat gamey. Different, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Once you've tasted it and you know the... It's a gamey. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how else to describe it's, it. Yeah, yeah, it's gamey. Um, and I don't know why I'm tasting that, but that's mm, all coming that's in to connect to whoever the spirit is that's trying to work with me right now. Mm-hmm. And it's either the person, I'm pretty sure it's the person who was killed because uh-huh. my stomach is just like in agony. Oh. Um, so we could have definitely a population of spirits there that 
the murdered and the murderer. Yep. Um, there's also someone there who um, there's also a spirit there who is quite tall and it's bald. Um, but I feel that he, it's a he, and he definitely would have been on the the right side of the mm-hmm. of the um, handlings community. Yeah, <laughs> at this government building, um, uh, and there is the potential that he's the one that's actually making the metal sounds. Oh. Um, okay. And he's a he's a good spirit okay. that works with the not good spirits that are in that building, um, and it's pretty much on loop. Oh, okay. Uh, he's there, but I feel that he's stuck on a pattern of loop. Right. Um, so it could have be one of those cases when the climate is just right. Yeah. Um, and the energy is just right that 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 will be on a loop. Freaky loop. Sorry for you. Can um, you sage that shit out? Yeah. So under that carpet that's in that hallway where the room's at the end with the chair in it, yeah. um, I wouldn't be surprised if there is um, evidence Ooh. of happenings as well because I'm there, there's energy attached to that floor. This is the renovated hallway, I think. Yeah. Um, the brick wall hallway... Yep. The brick that shared a uh, cell. An old, an an old cell. cell. Yep. Um, that corridor feels nasty. Mm. It's nasty. Um, it feels like um, people were kind of not trafficked, but um, just this constant uh, stream of people just being led. Um, yeah, but in one direction. So they're all coming from that way to that way. So they're all, like, just being herded almost but in a straight line mm. um, and they're shackled and they're just sort of herded. So maybe it was when it was the court. Mm. Could have been, though, going it's a passageway maybe. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah. And it, looked, it looks very different to that in uh-huh. my vision. Wow, okay. Um, but I see the energy of just these people in a line just being herded through. Um and I feel like that's probably on loop as well, or it's just might even just be me connecting You're to seeing it. yeah yeah yeah. Um, and then you've got the women's change room. There's no fucking way you'd get me changing in there. <sighs> um. Yeah, I, like it gives me the creeps. I feel like um, this is gonna freak these girls out but um feels very voyeuristic yep um I just feel like I'm being watched I don't I do not like it like I would not be naked in that room they're probably not surprised (laughs) yeah I, I feel like really like uncomfortable um I'm really curious to understand whether people slip in there because I keep seeing people slip over. Oh, right. Um, and I'm not... I, th- I feel like that's malevolent. Okay. Malevolent. Ma- fuck, it's another one of those words that I, when I say it, I never know if I've said it right yeah. and then I have to go back and say it again. I don't even say that because... Yeah. <laughs> it's just not in my vocabulary no. because I can't say it. I choose not to say it. What about there was a 
kitchen and a cupboard opening all the time. Yep, under the TV. And something... Where's that picture? A feeling that something's hanging around up near the roof somewhere. It's probably using the energy from the TV. Ah. Mm, it feels... It does definitely have a, a density to it, that space. Right. Um, and that's a quite a big room that that, that that TV and that cabinet is. And that, like, there's a picture of just the tv area that corner but then there's a picture of the room yes yeah and um the energy does sit in that corner it also sits in the directly opposite corner as well like in a diagonal sense where the white cupboard is in that corner there it's also there too um pink well there's an air conditioner there so that's probably why it's they're just drawing the energy the electricity okay that's all that is it doesn't feel like a spirit it feels just like a an energetic charge. Yeah. So that's probably what she's sensing. Wow. Um, but the circuitry in that house or in that building um, um, is definitely charged yep. as fuck, like charged, charged. Yeah. Have you ever um, heard of the movie The Entity? I've heard of it through you. I've told you about it? Yes, yeah. you've told me about it. Of course So it is like a spooky, spooky, spooky. Yes fucking scary movie based on reality though, yeah it's it? a true yes. story yeah which is why i won't watch it <laughs> <laughs> um so if anyone's keen on spooky movies like it would probably be hilarious to watch now oh because it's, it's an original like it's back yeah. yeah um but when you know that the story is true mm, and, changes yeah and yeah. at the end um i'll never forget it because at the end they have the write-up of what happened to the lady yeah as all, all true stories do yeah yeah, yeah 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 um and it's just like oh my god yeah uh, but a huge part of that is that the entity which is the spirit yeah or the energy that is doing what it's doing and i won't spoil it for our listeners so oh, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna i'll try and find it and upload what i'm talking about yeah. um into the socials but um, the entity uses the electricity circuitry in the house right. and wherever this woman is yep. to get to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, it is so charged that you can see the colour. Wow. And so she would see it move through the electric currents of the house. Yeah. Um, and know when she was going to be attacked. I know. And so this, for some reason, just makes me feel so... It's made me think of that because it's like I can see the circuitry, the energy. It's like a it's like um, a worm moving through like the... Like a circ- network. Yeah. And it has all these yeah. different pathways. Uh-huh. But are we talking one or different ones at any given time? There's just a charge network there for anything. Correct. To, yeah. So not just one... Nope. There's lots there. Maleficent... Entity. Yes, <laughs> you did it. Did I? <laughs> I saw your whole mouth yeah. move to yeah. try and get that word out. <laughs> um, yeah, so it would definitely be a combination. I feel that um, some of the spirits that would be there too are spirits that the people that work in this government building bring into the building from where they've been. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and having worked with someone who works in this government building before, not worked with, but worked as a client. You have worked with. I've yep. worked with her energy before. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely tell you that that's definitely the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would love to go there. <laughs> 
practical advice in whichever country it's in clap three times (laughs) say fuck off to them (laughs) yeah you can do those things which um if you're listeners of the podcast which they are then they definitely know these things energy protection 101 yes 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 if you can light some sage there go for it yes uh and really the people that work in this government building um are, are quite uh quite protected humans Good. um they're yep. just naturally you'll be glad to hear that <laughs> yeah they're naturally that way though yeah in terms of their energy with yep. what they need to do yeah however if they are uh experiencing personal struggles where their personal energy not their professional but their personal energy is vulnerable mm-hmm. that's when they're going to be open to oh, okay you know um influences and things like that yeah yep yeah or hear things or see things yeah but they can't do anything to you no they're just going to be cheeky the types of the types of spirits that um come from that government building or would go to that government building are just shit stirrers Mm. and that's all they're going to do but i think that the the female bathroom change room Mm. um is a place that i would not be using Okay. Yeah. Sorry, girls. Yeah, you should see her face. She she says that not even with a little smile. No. Yeah. Yeah. Stern, Tracy. Oh, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. But yeah, that was fun. Thanks, girls, because that was um that was Mm. lots of really cool photos, and I'm going there. We're we're (laughs) going there. Wherever there is. (laughs) Thank you so much. Good job. CJT. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye.